do you and i i know what my answer on this one do, did you ever lose that feeling throughout your whole career where you didn't feel like you had something to prove no no I, like every year i never had the chance to be on a one-way contract so there was always that carrot over my head right there every year i never had a one-way ever wow <clears throat> i didn't know that yeah so that was right there you don't put out you're going down right mm -hmm. So no, I don't think so. Even I went overseas, I had one two year deal and that was it. And even then that was my first two years overseas. It's how they got me there. And even then I was like, I have to prove myself because everyone thinks I'm a big hotshot ex NHLer that's not going to try and do anything. I'm too good for here. And that wasn't my style. And then the last year I got something to prove because I just come off an injury and I need a contract for next year. So I don't think at any point in my career that I ever feel comfortable. Or did I ever feel like I got this? <clears throat> if you had to look back on your NHL career, what's the best moment you can point it to? If you can point it to one. Oh, man. It's got to be the first game. Jeez, maybe. Yeah, first one is the first game. I don't remember most of the game. I'm playing in Orlando. We're getting close to the end of the year. Coach comes to me and says, pack your bag. You've got a flight tomorrow morning. You're leaving for Toronto. What's in Toronto? He's like, you've been called up. I'm like, oh, baby. I had a cell phone at the time by then, so I called my parents. Some, there's no chance of them getting to the game. So yeah. I get to Toronto. I'm in the dressing room. I have pregame skate. I don't even know what's going on. And I'm sure everyone's – I feel everyone's looking at me going, this dude don't belong here. What the hell is he doing here? <coughs> so we play, you know, Coach Kurt Frazee pulls me aside and says, you look nervous. I said, dude, this is the NHL. I've never been here. I'm nervous. He goes, great, just go play. You've had a real good year in the minors. Just go play. Okay. But I've watched Hockey Night in Canada. This is Toronto. This is the Cats now. <clears throat> Toronto at the time has Matt Sundin, Caberlet. I don't remember who's in net. Is if it's probably. I don't remember. It, they have a list of and NHLers. And I'm like, we have NHLers, then there's me. I've never played. <clears throat> so I play. I think I play five or six minutes that night. And I remember vividly, Drake Barahout, no, Sergey Berzin, I believe. Anyways, I get walked in the neutral zone. Like, no more. <laughs> oh, drag. It's through my feet. I'm looking down. I'm like, oh, God, that's my last shift. I look back. He walks five other guys and tucks it. Put my head down. Coach doesn't even say nothing. And I'm like, well, it can't be that bad. He walked the four other guys behind me. But that's my first <laughs> NHL experience. Air Canada Center, Toronto, playing against the Maple Leafs. Fantastic. Number two is the first NHL goal. You remember it vividly. There's two stories to my NHL goal. There's my story, then there's the real story. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, I get the puck. I toe drag Joe Sackick. I go around Rob Blake. And I tuck it five hole on Patrick Croix. Holy smokes. Now you that want to sounds... Just no, stop no. right there. Just no, stop right there. <laughs> story, man. That's the one I created in my mind. The real story is we're up one nothing with one minute left. They pull the goalie. Coach puts me out. Patrick Stefan takes the puck out of the zone. I'm just standing there at the red line. He gives it to me. I give it back to him because I don't know what the hell to do. <laughs> he gives it back to me and says, put it in the empty net. I put it in the empty net. That's my first NHL goal. <laughs> first story is way better, but... <laughs> the first one was pretty good. You're listening Hall of Famers. And, uh, hey, they all count, though. They all, nobody yeah. can take that away from you. Absolutely. <clears throat> what would you say What was the most difficult thing you went through in the NHL? The business of hockey. I grew up playing hockey because he loved hockey and the business of hockey at times gets nasty and ugly 
and doesn't really care who you are. And I never really got caught up in the business of hockey, but I think the business of hockey affected me mentally because sometimes I felt the dressing room wasn't always a dressing room environment that I had been used to. 25 guys pulling the same rope, having a good time, trying to get the same objectives. At times in the National Hockey League, guys are on expiring deals, so they need more ice time. They're going to be a little cutthroat. They might jab you to get an extra shift and extend their shift and do stupid things like that really don't build into a team, right? And I'm sure you've seen different examples of that in a, where the National Hockey League is a business and doesn't really allow you to be a team. I think it's maybe being naive in the world, but that is the BS of hockey that I didn't really enjoy. I'm sure you've seen it in many occasions where guys on an expiring deal or toward the end of his career or whatever it is, and he's gunning for more, which isn't always best for the team. Yeah, I think that was probably the most difficult. And when you get asked about it too, I know like I would answer it the same way as you get in junior and everybody's buddies because there's yeah. probably only a handful of guys that are going to go to the next level. And then you get into college or you get into the American League. It's still like only a handful of guys are going to get to the next level. Yeah. Then you get to the NHL. Everybody's there. Everybody's getting paid. There's tons of egos. It's just yeah. not ever what you expect it to be. Yeah. And then that's, I think that was the hardest part. And to feel... You always feel belonging in the dressing room. Like the safe haven for any hockey player is the dressing room. It's hard sometimes in National Hockey League to feel that depending on what your leadership group does. I I can't answer that any better. (laughs) That's so good. I've answered that question a lot and it's very similar to that. And it starts with your leadership. You talk about guys on expiring contracts. We talk about getting to the end of the career. Talk to me about the last couple of years in Europe, how you got to the point where it was time to step away and elaborate on that what were you ready for it walk me through it yeah never ready for it i should still be playing shouldn't you (laughs) of course (laughs) i'm still in good shape i can still play i'm not in good shape but i can still play my mind tells me like i finished my 2012 season in burn ended up losing in the finals we knew we weren't returning to burn we had gone through a coaching change they were looking to go a little bit younger i was 35 years old I knew it. I couldn't read between the tea leaves. It wasn't that hard to figure out. So we packed up our apartment, put everything in storage, and we were going to go play another year, Germany, Sweden, wherever. Come home, National Hockey League announces a lockout. Lovely lockout. Been through three of those suckers, and I hate them every year. And all the young guys flood Europe. The Danny Heatleys, the uh, Tyler Sagans, they're going over there to play and have a good time, as they should. I'm jealous because I'm not young, and I don't have a job. So I'm at home, my wife and I just start doing some odd, odd things. A little bit of TSN 1290 pre and post game show, working at the Iceplex along some of the Winnipeg Jets, Brian Little, Ole Okunin, Andrew Ladd, Mark Stewart, those guys are skating. I'm helping the skate really. They're helping me help them. I'm learning as we go. Uh, lockout ends somewhere just after Christmas. Phone call starts to ring, agents like, you got, you wanna go here, you wanna go there. My wife and I discussed there's six weeks left in their season overseas. I got a five-year-old and a three-year-old and we decide that's the end. I'm probably not in good enough shape to go play for six weeks. I'm not leaving the family behind. Thank you. No, thank you. See you later. Now, what the heck are we going to do with the rest of our life? I'm 35 years old. Uh, what, what was that like mentally where... I had the same thing where, you know, COVID and I left my family and I didn't want to leave my family for a couple of situations. What was that like where you're trying to still chase your dream? You can still play. 
physically and mentally, but your family's pulling you the other way. What was that struggle like? It's the best of both worlds. You want to play and have your family support you because without one, there isn't the other. So it's a pretty quick realization. Like it's just, it's not going to happen. Time to move on. Uh, I've been a hockey player for, I was 35 at the time. That would have been, call it 25 years since I was 10 years old. I was a hockey player. I started at four or five. So now it's okay. Oh crap. I got two kids. We got to make sure we have something for them, right? I can't just sit at home. I'm way too antsy. I don't sit still. You can see in the video, I'm bouncing all over the place. As we go. <laughs> uh, I don't sit still. I'm not very good at it. So we've got to figure out what's next. And that for any hockey player, you never leave on your time unless you're Wayne Gretzky, right? Maybe Sidney Crosby's going to leave on his time. He's never going to leave. He's still averaging a point a game at 36 mm -hmm. years old. So what's next? I don't know. I don't know anything else, right? I have a degree in physical education. So we talked about maybe I could become a phys ed teacher. I contact the U of M. <clears throat> I send over my transcripts and they're like, you probably have to take one year of updating your phys ed degree. Then you need two to three years of education. I'm like, I'm 35 years old. That puts me to 40. So we're going to go in debt while I go to school or I have to, this doesn't make sense. I, I can't do that. I haven't studied it. I haven't read a book for education purposes in 12 years. Not going to happen. I can read the odd John Grisham novel or Harry Potter book, but that's all I've done. Mm -hmm. Study purposes. So forget it. We're going to find something else. My wife's a nurse, so she's working. She's doing lots. I'm odds and ending. I end up having a dad call me, Jamie Kagan, my first client. He's a lawyer in the city and he says, I've got 12 year olds playing double A hockey. You want to do some camp with them? Yeah, sure. Where do we do this? Let's have some fun. We end up having quite a bit of fun. It's a good little group. They're very skilled players. They're excitable. I'm still, I'm still in shape at the time. I still love playing on the ice. So I'm basically playing with the kids and I'm dripping sweat and this is awesome. And you know, <laughs> the, the, out of the group, actually, it's quite interesting because that was 2013 or 2014. Cause there's two years of in between finding stuff to do, find out who I was. Most of those kids are almost still playing now, which is pretty cool of the group. I think there's two that are in university. Now the other guys are playing in university or playing semi-pro somewhere. So it's a pretty cool little group to remember to have from your first one of the six or seven kids we had. And then we came home and I realized, geez, that was pretty cool. Can I do another camp? So I would tailor toward that group age because I had a little bit of a following and kind of built off that and then slowly but surely built to where we are now or we're, uh, again, I'm on a stretch of 14 days on the ice. Yeah. Amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's exciting. It's nerve wracking. And you figure it out as you go. Beautiful. Great answer to that.